Hello and welcome to our second episode of Magical Conversations. My name is Lorinda and on today's episode, I'd like to take you on a journey through my healing process. To be quite honest, this was my intention from the beginning was to create a podcast uh, where I would explain my healing process and consequently my healing journey and the techniques uh, that I use throughout it. And I would like to take you step by step and explain uh, each step of the process that I use to heal emotions, trauma, past experiences. So the first uh, process, the first thoughts that it comes to my mind when I want to approach or a cyclical behavior in my life that I know that probably is caused uh, due to trauma, right? When I know I have like a cyclical behavior in my life and I want to change it, I start my healing journey. That's when I realize, okay, this is something that I like to heal, right? But the thing is, I think this is also a process that should be taken very slowly. I think it takes safety to be able to go back and uh, heal um, untreated wounds. And I think this is a process that takes a lot of self-love and a part of self-love. There is patience, compassion, and calm, right? So when I feel like I'm safe enough, when I feel like my life around me is safe and I feel safe and peaceful inside of myself, I decide to start a journey through uh, unwilled wounds. Usually for me, I get it from cyclical behaviors that I know are maybe not the most positive for me. However, I the feeling is that I'm stuck in them, right? You are stuck in the same pattern, like the same thing is happening over and over again. I think I have that a lot, especially in love, but also many other things in my life. Uh, so when I have a cyclical pattern or when someone also triggers me, I think also triggers are such a blessing in the sense that they really tell you, look, this is a part of you that needs to be healed. So when you take triggers a bit on, on personally, like in personally, I think you can look outside of yourself and realize, okay, like I shouldn't take this personally. This trigger might be a blessing, right? So taking triggers as blessings, I think is also a powerful technique in this process. So when I feel or a cyclical behavior or a trigger or whatever it is that I know, okay, I want to heal this. The first thing that I do is I sit with the feeling and with the emotions, especially in my body. I really try to focus the emotions and where they feel in my body, right? And try to just focus 
on the sensation without labels, without words, just focus on the sensation of the body, right? And I think to myself, when was the first time that I felt this way? When was the first time that I had this situation happen to me and I felt this way? And usually, most of the times I've seen this in myself and in others, it comes from childhood trauma. For this part of the podcast, I did uh, research on trauma, especially childhood trauma, because I think it's important to understand what it is and the impact that childhood trauma still has on our lives as adults, I think is an empowering experience. Because every time that I ask myself, <laughs> when was the first time that I felt this way? He always always comes back to childhood. Uh, so for this part, I will explain what is trauma. So trauma starts with a stressor. Stress can come in many forms and can vary in intensity from like everyday stress all the way to life-threatening experiences. When a stressor overwhelms a child's capacity to integrate an experience, it adversely impacts the development of the child and can lead to significant distress, which can lead to trauma. Childhood trauma is more detrimental than trauma experienced later in life due to the developmental processes that are occurring both neurologically and psychologically because when we are a child, right, our brains are still developing. So this means that not only we are sponges, we are not yet equipped to be able to deal with intense stressors, right? And this can cause negative effects biologically, psychologically, and interpersonally. And it has been linked with behaviors and interpersonal problems and high-risk behaviors. Childhood trauma has been linked with an increase of chronic diseases, attention deficits, hyperactivity, depression, anxiety, and personality disorders. And it has also has a profound effect on cognitive, social, and emotional development. So I think it's also very important to have a lot of, again, self-love, patience, and care doing this process because exposure to trauma, especially in childhood, is a powerfully impacting effect in our processes now. So I think also we need to stigmatize this idea that depression, anxiety, all of these mental health issues are not per se, I want to say serious, but this idea that they're not so, sort of real, of course they are. So I think we need to not only seek external help, like from a therapist, later I'll mention therapies for trauma. Children do not possess the capacity to fend for themselves, care for themselves, or communicate fully their complex emotional needs to others. Given their dependent position in families and communities, they are faced with greater risk 
particularly related to predatory, coercive, or aggressive behavior on the part of adults, whether caregivers or others. Trauma can, and often does, occur in silence or in secret. And children often possess limited capacity to alert others to their circumstances. In the aftermath of trauma, children must also rely on caring adults in their lives to help them recover from traumatic events. And those adults and systems of care must be sensitive to and ready to be able to respond to those needs, which unfortunately is not always the case. So trauma can be described as a perceived experience that threatens injury, death, or physical integrity and causes feelings of fear, terror, and helplessness. Therefore, childhood trauma can take many forms, such as psychological, physical, or sexual abuse, community or school violence, this is where I think bullying comes in, witnessing or experiencing domestic violence, and also it's not just experience domestic violence, right, it's witnessing it that is unfortunately uh, common. Natural disasters or terrorism, commercial sexual exploitation that I think is such a collective trauma. <laughs> To all of us, and I think, yeah, I think is a trauma that should also be addressed. Sudden or violent loss of a loved one, refugee or war experiences, physical or sexual assault, neglect. For example, when a child experiences relationship dynamics, especially from their caregivers, of rejection or unsafety, this can lead them to an altered perception of self where there is a lack of trust in others and self and the distorted and usually negative perception of the world. Serious accidents or life-threatening illnesses, mass trauma, which can be particularly difficult due to the lack of support of the community around you that is also uh, experiencing the trauma. Basically, exposure to trauma changes the interrelated brain circuits and hormonal systems that regulate stress. And this creates a dysregulation of our anatomical and neuroreceptor stress response systems, which in turn impacts our neuropsychological functioning and brain development. To be more exact, Trauma disrupts brain development in areas such as stress response, survival and metabolism regulation. It affects the midbrain, which play an important role in sensor motor activity, sleep and appetite. It also affects the limbic systems, which regulates emotions, attachment, affiliation, mood and pleasure, which is super important. And it affects the cortex, which is association with cognition, language, and reasoning. Furthermore, childhood trauma can cause metabolic syndromes, which can lead to abdominal obesity, high blood pressure, glucose intolerance. This is where diabetes comes in. 
and low or high cholesterol. I find this extremely interesting, the fact that not only trauma can lead to psychological effects, but also physical uh, diseases like potential diabetes, abdominal obesity. Childhood trauma can cause issues with obesity due to the formation of a maladaptive coping mechanism. The victims of trauma are more likely to engage like self-soothing techniques, such as overeating to relieve emotional stress. And I can relate to this a lot. I've thankfully I have more. I'm working on my uh, eating habits, but I, but I was super emotional eater, and I healed, and I went through that journey mostly through the healing of a wound of lack of lack mentality because for me it was like when I was young there was maybe certain times that I couldn't eat enough right maybe there were certain times that at lunch I could have have money for two spoons of soup and I think that those times led me to the trauma in adult life that I was overeat and then feel guilty about it and then be like not stop eating, but trying to restrict myself in some way. And I'm super thankful that now I'm working on it and I'm way better. But yeah, that is super interesting because I related to it. Childhood trauma is associated with physical, mental, and emotional symptoms that can persist into adulthood completely. For example, emotional dysregulation caused by trauma can lead to aggressive, reckless, and self-destructive behaviors, feelings of hypervigilance, an exaggerated starter response, concentration problems, sleep disturbances, eating disorders, attachment disorders, and suicidal behavior, between many others. I related a lot with feelings of hypervigilance hypervigilance because I always felt extremely paranoid and that is something that until today I feel and I battle with uh, every day. An exaggerated sort of response completely in certain circumstances that are faced with my potential, what my brain perceives as potential trauma, uh, my body goes immediately to an exaggerated sort of response, concentration problems, yes. Yeah, eating disorders I already talked about. Attachment disorders, yes, I mean, bad suicide behavior has been something that I also have struggled with between many others. So I think, yes, this is very common also around us in so many ways. I see also this in so many people around me and friends and people that I talk to. And unfortunately, so common. Resources such as Cognitive behavioral theory, trauma focused cognitive behavioral theory, eye movement desensitization, and reprocessing, and dialectical behavioral therapy can be helpful and have been empirical tested to be helpful. So now that we understand trauma, going back, okay, I'm in my current life. I feel triggered or I want to change a behavioral pattern. What do I do? When was the first time that I felt this way? 
and I go back in time. Usually in childhood. And I let myself sit with that memory. I let myself sit with past me and let myself experience the emotions that come with that memory. Because it's only when you face it, it's only when you accept it, that you'll be able to change it. The only way that I found that I can overcome trauma is to see it, recognize it, express it, feel it, love it, accept it, until it becomes part of you, so you can use it as a tool. The way that I see it, emotions are energy, right? They are kind of fuel. This can be a fuel or to build you or to destroy you. You can use yourself for all the things in the world. (laughs) You can use yourself to build yourself or to destroy yourself. And I think usually the parts that destroy yourself are, again, related with the trauma, right? Uh, These self-destructive behaviors. Uh, So the idea of this is to go back in time, see that memory the first time that you felt this way and sit with it. Open space for it to exist. Create a safe place for it to be. Just that. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day and night. Whenever you're listening.